0: for 25% off your DNA test kit.
1: This is the Cannamom Show, a podcast chronicling the inspiring stories of real women in the emerging cannabis industry. Your host, Joyce Gerber, mom, lawyer, political activist, has been speaking with women from coast to coast who are leaders in the revolution of cannabis and caregiving. Now, In Season 2, The Cannamom Show continues on its mission to empower women-centric cannabis businesses by sharing their stories with you. Go make yourself a cup of tea, or roll yourself a joint, sit back, and learn something new about this magical plant on The Cannamom Show with Joyce Gerber.
2: From the Tip O'Neill Studios in North Cambridge, Massachusetts, it's The Cannamom Show. Now here's your host, Joyce Gerber.
0: It's St. Patty's Day in Boston, Day. What you up to today? Anything green? I
2: guess this is kind of green. This is the greenest I got. Is this green? I'm colorblind. No, like
0: it's sort of green. I don't have anything green on. <laughs> I didn't even. Oh, think but of I'm
2: it. I'm supposed to be required. I'm I'm an O'Neill. I'm half Jewish, half Irish. I'm All All
0: right, and yeah. I live in an O'Neill house, so That's I'm right. technically Irish too as well. <laughs> right. it's, it's the Tip on, I know. Oh my God, it's Tip O'Neill studio, and I forgot to have a beer with me on St. Patrick's Day. Yes, it's fine. You. We'll be fine. Days young. Yeah, it is true. It's only noon. All right, any closer to getting your COVID shot? How are yes. you feeling about that?
2: I mean, coming up on Friday. When Went for my first shot. Yes, very excited.
0: That'll be fun. Yes, I'll, I haven't seen you in person in a year. Maybe <laughs> someday this summer.
2: Yeah. yeah, someday this summer. Yeah, I I took my mom to get her shot at Gillette Stadium and that's where I'm going they have it they have it down to a science it, it is you're in and you're out so
0: see what we can we want from the last to the best we can do it, people we, it's upward yeah. trajectory in America and then before I introduce today's guest I just want to do a quick quilt woman of the amazing color quilt update it is together I have the batting and the backing is done I started actually doing the quilting so maybe next week I'll be able to show it to you I still don't know what we're doing with it but we're working on it <laughs>
2: yeah it, it'll be a prize or something it'll be something ceremon- ceremoniously presented to someone right you just don't know who yet or we someone who, actually, in,
0: or maybe so in the boston globe uh, magazine this weekend that whole article or whole story about the importance of quilting and storytelling so my quilt is sort of a story too so maybe that's it'll become a part of history all right cool it should be in a museum <laughs> somewhere okay yes all right that's our goal and then before i introduce today's guest i just want to give a pro a uh, tip from a listener who wanted me to know that if you add lavender to your joint, when you're rolling it or to your bowl, it actually is very tasty and very calming.
2: How about that? Where do you get so lavender? Like,
0: you can look it up. Uh, remember when I was going through that phase, I had those Barbary products that you could add into your yeah. cannabis. I talked about it. So you can buy just pure lavender. It's an oil. Somehow, it, cause I, they had it in there. Yeah. No, it's like a flower. It was like a lavender flower. In there, oh, no?
2: oh, literally lavender flower. Okay.
0: I don't know. It's pro tip. So that was, I just, if you're going to tell me something, I'll say it on air. So give me more advice, people. I will talk about you. And today, before we introduce today's guest, I just want to thank Cannabis Creative for sponsoring today's show. Cannabis Creative, we know, is a Boston-based female-founded business with decades of experience in web design and development, branding, social media marketing, and content strategy. Thank you. So we can talk to more women in the emerging cannabis industry like today's guest. So let's introduce her. Today's guest is the CEO and co-founder of Element Apothic. Element Apothic is a new, innovative, and purpose-driven consumer brand focused on CBD-infused wellness and body care products, which combine the healing powers of nature with the ingenuity of innovations in science. Today's guest has a commitment to formulate products that are healthy for your body, inside and out. She advocates for higher standards, creates social impact, and empowers consumers via transparency and education. With her family formulas, she is building a clean, safe, and effective brand with medical oversight, and is driven by a desire to truly make a difference, both professionally and personally. Please welcome to the Canamom Show, Davina Cohen nohi <laughs> Did I do it right? <laughs> Yes, yeah, that was good. <laughs> Welcome. Oh So before we talk about um, the business, I just want to, can you just talk a little bit about what you're doing before and how that translated into cannabis and then kind of like leading up to your family? So let's start there.
1: Yeah. So let's see. Well, my, my journey actually with cannabis and professionally started, I think I was six months old and my dad was actually growing um, cannabis in our living room because he was a Vietnam veteran and he was also Hawaiian. So it's part of the culture. We're gonna, but are going to to
0: the Hawaiian park because I think that's yeah. very
1: fun. But-, <laughs> but anyway, so so I I guess I love these plants. I would always grab them and hold them and want to play with them. I have pictures with me smiling always holding his his plants, which is funny. But through my career actually wanted to be an, an astronaut. I went to school for aeronautical engineering and And that didn't quite work out. I worked at JPL, but what I realized is that I wanted to work with people and be involved with people. So my career transitioned into human resources and then operations and helping companies with business strategy as I transitioned into consulting. And it kind of paved the way for me really understanding what I love to do. And that was really to try to make things better and to help people and build teams and and to really create companies that were exciting. And so I started to even help people build websites for their businesses and consult on their startup strategies. And so my aunt, my great aunt came to me a couple of years ago and wanted me to help build a website for her. She had created these
0: incredible products and I can talk a little bit more. Let's go through a little slow because you have a whole half hour to talk. So so before (laughs) you were actually doing the products, you were working, building businesses, which I think is kind of interesting, especially in the cannabis world, because as we know, cannabis has everything the real world has but a little upside down and that to be you know to come from the business end as opposed to creating products first and then try to understand business uh, I think that's a very unique skill set you had but you so but it translated into cannabis when you started working with your aunts but what happened before that so your father was in Hawaii was he always growing in Hawaii how did that start when you were young I bet it made you popular too when you came back home to California.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we were, we kind of lived back and forth. You know, for a while we were back and forth and my parents divorced and he moved back to Hawaii when I was young. I was 11. And so our, you know, summers and winter breaks and stuff there with him.
0: So, so when you were young, so were your, so when your dad, when you were living in, you were in California, right? Is that where you started when, was he growing when you were in California and then continued?
1: Yeah, he continued growing. He always grew. He loved gardening, but he especially loved growing um, cannabis plants. That was his uh, favorite. But really, it was because of of how he used it, and he used it really, you know, from a wellness perspective. Because of being a Vietnam veteran, he he would tell me I came home from school one day after a school, you know, uh, a seminar, and they were talking about cocaine and marijuana, and wanted to know.
0: If any of our family... Right, so I actually, this is kind of, Davina, because I find this interesting. So you're a little bit younger than me, but I talked to a lot of women this age group who, they grew up in deer. You know, they were scared. So you understood this plant as from a, you know, it's just part of your lifestyle. You didn't think anything of it. So you understood you couldn't talk about it because you went to school and they told you these things. That's very uh, distressful for a child.
1: Yeah, it's so hard you couldn't talk about. And I remember sitting there, not raising my hand and feeling so scared that they were going to know. I mean, it was police officers that were talking about it. And I was so scared that they were going to know and see something on my face. I remember going, it was our weekend with my dad. And I remember going to him feeling so worried that something was going to happen to him. But also, you know, knowing that he explained to me many times that without this plant, he couldn't sleep. He didn't know how he could walk outside of the house sometimes because the noises would impact him so much from his PTSD was severe. So yeah, as a child, you're, you're confused. It's like, wait, this helps my family member, helps my dad, but yet it's being perceived as being something so bad. It was confusing, but also at the same time, it made me realize early a lot about, you know, medication. And wellness and thinking about alternatives that could help you con- compared to what was being offered to people. Yeah, I
0: mean, that's a, I think that's a very interesting wellness. You talk about wellness, which is where your journey is now. So, but you were young, so you would go to Hawaii and were you, would you bring it back for your friend? Like, you, like what, what kind of relationship did you have with cannabis when you were young?
1: <laughs> yeah, I did go to Maui and when I was a little bit older, in my, uh, you know, early adult years, or I guess, you know, in high school, I would bring back the Maui Waui. My friends would always say, oh, you're going, can you bring us back some? And, you know, compared to what we had been, the options, it was, it was, you know, Northern Lights or Maui Waui or, you know, or just like the cheap stuff. So I was always really popular when I would come back from Hawaii.
0: <laughs> so that's it. And how, how did your mother feel about just cannabis in your life?
1: She was fine right, with okay. it herself. She had a bad experience uh, when she was younger, not with Cannabis, but somebody lay something, and and she had a bad experience. So her relationship with it at the time wasn't great. But she also wasn't opposed to it because she saw what it did for my dad and I me. Mean, for me, even I, you know, I studied really aggressively. I finished high school early. I wanted to be an engineer, so my classes were really rigorous. I mean, it helped so much. And I think she also could see how what an impact it made and what a difference it made, as long as it didn't get to a point where you know, even when I was younger, that it didn't impact me going to school or being responsible or taking care of myself. So did
0: did your dad understand what it really was? Did he understand we have an endocannabinoid system? Or did he just know that he felt better? What did he understand about the plant?
1: He just thought he just knew he felt better with it, that if he didn't take it, or when he was out, you know, when he was waiting to get more that that it was hard that he wouldn't sleep that the nightmares would come back. I mean, he, his experiences were pretty traumatic that he would, you know, would have without it and so he he just learned that with it life was just better. So
0: so this seems like such a such an interesting story to me because I hear it so often that even though you're hearing these messages continually how dangerous it is how bad it is that police officers people who you're supposed to respect I mean you sound like a very good student you wanted to do well be you know accepted by your teachers and to have these people in authority come in and tell you how terrible this is and yet be able to see the other side of it is it's a strong testament to your dad you know the kind of personality yeah. you had and the idea that you understood it was helping you focus i, I know i just find this, this is such an interesting disconnect we've had to make in um in the cannabis world because we were told for 100 years that it's bad for you but people obviously right. were still using it for other things and just fighting it back all right all right so your mom's fine just and then you have a sister i mean you have a whole family connection to like who else is involved in this industry <laughs>
1: So my sister, well, was my brother. She's okay. She loved what my dad did and spent a lot more time with, you know, with my dad, the, the split of custody was geared that way. And so she grew up helping my dad grow the plants and became really passionate about growing. And, you know, had kind of a grow up my dad's. that <laughs> She was responsible for and, and after high school, moved out on her own, grew in a closet and you know would even help to, she became really well versed at genetics uh, kind of on her own studying it and and then taking classes in school and and even made a strain for snoop Dogg, which is kind of cool that's a, well, that <laughs> great how did that come up that's my my daughter I'm loves sure. snoop Dogg.
0: <laughs> that's
1: funny i'm not sure exactly how it came about but i think it was just the people that she was around at the time growing and some of them went on to launch one one of the first seed banks in in uk we're um, not in uk in europe and so she, you know, she just loved what she did. The, and she continues to grow, but she kind of had to step back a little bit when she transitioned that, you know, being at that time was pretty male dominated and growing and, and the acceptance of her now transitioning was really, tr- was difficult for her. But now she's kind of found a circle that is accepting of her. And I think as more women come in the space, especially on the growing side and cultivation that it's changing that. And so there's much more acceptance of it now. So I'm excited to, to see what new strains she's going to come up with. Well, that's great.
0: I'd love to share. That's a great story to share. I just That's a whole nother, I mean, on top of just being a woman, on top of everything else, you know, being able to see, I have a few transgender friends who, you know, who have tried to explain this, how this works for me. And just, I think their perspective is so interesting because they see the world from both sides. You know, yeah, definitely. I have a friend who's literally exactly my age. She's fifty five. So my husband's like, She's just like a middle aged woman like you. I'm like, Yeah, but she <laughs> <laughs> has seen the world in a really different way. I just it's interesting. So it's cannabis has everything. So you've gone all this through this whole thing, and then your aunt. So your aunt is an apothecary woman. How does this start and how do you get connected and how are you seeing how what are you doing to make this business modern, really, I guess? Yeah,
1: so Yeah, so it was like maybe eight years ago, she was diagnosed with I think almost nine or 10 autoimmune diseases. And some of them, the medications were causing her a lot more damage. She had some allergic reactions to some of the medications and the preservatives used in them. So she really couldn't take a lot of what they needed for her to take to get better. And so she was bedridden and not with a good prognosis. So it was either live this life that at you know best was bedridden at worst. And how old, how old
0: been, How old was she at the time? She must have been in her
1: maybe sixties at that time. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. So she basically decided to take her health into her, her own hands. She was faced with you know it's either this or that, and so what's it couldn't hurt at you know she at that time really hadn't thought about alternative medicine. She just did what the doctors had told her. But realizing that a lot of these autoimmune diseases were potentially triggered from a lot of the things she continued to just do, she started reading and studying and learning every single ingredient. She became certified in essential oils, you know, so she, little, the little time she could have out of bed, she was in the kitchen making things and trying to figure out what would work. And she read about Rick Simpson oil and started growing her own cannabis okay. plants also separately, completely separate from any of the experiences of my family. She actually found out that my sister grew and asked her to help get her some (laughs) strains. It was this interesting circle event that happened. And over time she started, you know, she made her own tinctures. She made bath soaks. She made balms and lotions and inhalers and everything that could really help her start to feel better. She didn't Really think about. I mean, as she started to understand the ingredients, she realized internally how that was actually helping her from a wellness perspective. But at the time, it was just what ingredient can help me, res, you know, resolve this restless nights or stress or this pain. And do you or, know what state or, was she
0: in? Where was she doing this? Growing the cannabis and. Everything?
1: She was in um, Nevada.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah. So she was doing. I mean, so she could grow all year.
0: Was, can you grow all year? Yeah.
1: yeah. And she kind of did it secretly. I mean, she was involved in her church and she didn't want people to judge her, and you know, all of these things that stigmas and you know, things that happen around that. But what happened is over time, she ended up helping herself and getting out of bed, and people recognized that she was doing better and they wanted her to make something for them. So she continued to study ingredients. She's like an encyclopedia now, it's absolutely incredible. And and she would help me also. I, with my son was really stressed and growing pains and I do CrossFit and I have a lot of pain. I'm like, Hey, can you make me something too? I've heard that your stuff works. And I also have some food allergies and, and stuff, digestive stuff. So I'm like, Hey, what about some, can you make me something for this? So, so we started building a relationship. I try to have everything clean in my house and in um, cleaning products. I even oftentimes make my own, uh, you know, lotions and stuff as well. So, So I really recognized what she was doing, which was amazing. And she had asked me then to build her a website. She wanted to expand her business and not just sell in farmers markets, but have people be able to buy her products. So I did that for her, but she really had no idea what to do with a website and how to grow. She just knew that she had a gift and she wanted to help people. And so that's, that's basically where Element Apothic came from. She handed the business over to me and yeah, I can talk a little that, bit more. Right, that's about
0: a beautiful that. story though that you just wanted to give this gift out and I like the stories I love these stories cannabis and Christianity you know maybe <laughs> if more people were transparent we'd recognize it's so healthy and so many more people in the community are connected to it.
1: Right so yeah and the history I mean when you look at the history and and the usage of cannabis I mean it's, it intertwines across you know religions and ethnicities and cultures for so long it's always so fascinating to me that people feel like it's just here today and it's like it's existed for so long.
0: So I find that, so you're obviously a smart, science-y, data-driven kind of gal. You've built businesses and now you're entering this more holistic world. I kind of joke about this myself. I used to be a divorce attorney, you know, love, (laughs) kindness, justice, peace. Those are not words we use and now I'm in this Mm -hmm. sort of different world where we start every meeting with an intention and we're, (laughs) we're grateful for what exists. So, so when did you actually start working with her and what do you think you brought, you know, maybe just talk a little bit about the kind of products she's making and then what did you change or um, improve? And then how are you working now? That's, you know, your this is yours.
1: Yeah. So like I said, she came to me and, and her exact words, were, I want my products to go from the kitchen to the world. And I, I won't ever forget that because it's just such an impactful statement. And she said, and I don't know how to do it. And you know how to run businesses and you believe in what I'm doing. So, here's my baby, basically. For me, though, what was important, especially knowing how to build businesses, but not actually in creating a formulation before. And, and you know, and things are going in people's body and on their body, and it impacts them. And even though I felt that she had done a lot of research, I wanted to make sure from an integrative medical perspective that it was also safe. So I reached out to an integrative doctor that I personally had worked with before that's really well regarded. And and was doing a lot of really interesting things, and said, "Hey, we're looking to launch this business. Can you look at these formulations and and tell me what you think? Do you think that they're safe? And do you want to do you want to join the company as an advisor and, and really help us? You know, possibly even reformulate them or make changes, do R and D for future products." And so he agreed to join. And then we also added at the same time Dr. Swathi, who's an integrative pharmacist, and had been doing a lot of really great work with introducing D students to cannabis. Actually, she got a program with accreditation for, for pharmacy students to take. And so, you know, I, I wanted her to also be able to be involved. And in, if we're going to do this, how do we educate people in terms of the value of this? So we looked at all of these different pieces and said, OK, we can look at these formulations. We can make them more impactful. We can educate people. Let's do this. We've got this. And at the time, the Farm Bill was just passing I think even it hadn't passed yet but it was in the process so it's like around 2018
0: what year are you talking about
1: yeah 2018 was when I okay. first started working with with Lola the website and then you know we transitioned into the farm bill passing now we can do these products let's you know what can we do with with all of this let's build a team and figure out how to actually make this work so we so that's what we did we took the formulations we partnered with these integrative practitioners and and look to see how we could enhance them we added other minor cannabinoids that we thought would be valuable like cbg and cbn because if you could utilize the plant in in, in higher ratios and have better synergies and create more impactful formulations i, I think that that was what we owed our customer to be able to do
0: and where, are, you, are you is it still in nevada is that still where you're the producing it or uh, where, you, where you're doing this
1: I'm in California. She actually recently moved to Oregon, but yeah, I'm in California. Most of our team's here in Los Angeles um, and we have our manufacturers in Utah that we work with. Um,
0: All right. So let's talk about the product. So I have the face serum, but they're they're kind of unusual. So (laughs) I'll say, can you see it? I got kind of like, there it is. Okay. So it's very orange, which sort of surprised (laughs) me. And I will say the first time I put it on my face, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm orange. (laughs) (laughs) So just if you buy the products, just beware. It does... (laughs) Uh, go into your skin really nicely and it feels really good and my skin feels very soft and nice so I like it but what are you telling people I mean that's really sort of different about it so what do you like when you talk to people about the face serum what do you talk about what do you tell them is so special about it it's got cbg in cbd in it so just what's in it what makes it so special
1: yes I mean I think with all of the ingredients with all of the products and formulations what's really interesting is that every ingredient was put in there for a purpose when the, when the products were initially made and we've continued with that. We've had, we actually, I don't think we really changed anything. We just changed the percentages of the ingredients that were in the, we added the other minor cannabinoids, but, but when Lola was initially creating the products, it was how can I get this product to serve multiple things that I need and also help, you know, add the extra things like making my face feel moisturized or yeah, you yeah. Know, things like that. But, she had things she really needed, to, needed it to actually do. So all of the ingredients are, are put in the product specifically for a purpose. And for example, with the face serum, that it's trying to serve multiple purposes. Instead of trying to have all of these different products, she created them to try to help her, but also the nice things that you like to have, like making your skin feel good and making it look nice. So one of the ingredients that actually causes that orange color is sea buckthorn oil. It's incredible in terms of what it actually does for your skin, but, and it does absorb into your skin. So you do put it on and at first it's orange, but your skin actually absorbs it and gives it a really nice uh, glow. Some people have said they feel like a goddess or I think one woman said her boyfriend says her face smells expensive and looks beautiful oh, yeah. or something. I, I have like it smells. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. It's hysterical. Yeah. So, yeah. So. That, and I think that's what's interesting about our products is we just didn't go through a catalog through a manufacturer and say, hey, this, we want this product, this product, and this product, but the products were created to serve a purpose and then we brought them to the market and, you know, look to make them more effective. And so, yeah, so we do have interesting ingredients that make up our, that make up some of our products specifically for that are really looking to kind of plant-based remedies and saying what is going to serve the purpose to actually help in this product and not just, you know, having a really cool list of the most important ingredients to have in a facial product or in a body lotion or things like that. And are
0: you discovering any, I mean, I know there are lots and lots and lots of cannabinoids out there. It seems like they're doing research and trying to figure it out and what's good and what's bad. And so what are mm-hmm. you, And do do you see things in the future in the hemp, I guess, you're using hemp, right? It's the same plant, but yeah. are you full spectrum, broad spectrum? How does well, it
1: We're broad spectrum and we did that. So, I mean, it's tricky with being able to ship across the whole U S if you use full spectrum and wanted to make sure that our products were available to everybody. As things change, we'll definitely look to incorporate that because there are some, you know, additional benefits to have THC, especially in the synergies that it creates with the whole plant. But we, For this point, we decided it was more important to make our products accessible to everybody. And then looking to some of the other minor cannabinoids to help increase the synergies that we use. And we're continuing to do some R&D on products that would be really great. And looking also for research on additional minor cannabinoids that that could add more value to the
0: products. All right. So let's talk a little bit more about the product line. So I know about the face serum, just some of the other things that you're creating and what are they you know what do you love about them
1: yeah so well I love the face serum I also use it every single day and it's both men and women which is which is really cool we have one of our advisors he texts me almost every morning saying I just use your face serum and I just love it I live for it so it's I think what's that's what's great it's one of the things that we really try to do with even our packaging and branding is that everybody could see themselves in our products and I think for some companies it works if they want to be more female targeted or male targeted or athletic targeted but for us we really wanted to reach the you know conscious consumer whether whatever where whatever you might identify as whatever your culture is or ethnicity that was important to us so we have our face serum Uh, We have our Nourish Lotion, which is a really incredible body lotion to, you know, moisturize the body. And there's other things that it helps with that, you know, that people have experienced in terms of supporting other types of skin conditions and stuff like that. So that's something I also use oftentimes and have struggled with finding products that actually can work. My skin's really sensitive. And so it's interesting on the lotion too, it was our most challenging product to specifically to find a manufacturer to work with because with lotion there's water and with water you need preservatives and everybody wanted to go with the easy preservatives that that work for shelf life and and we didn't and so we went through several manufacturers that would be willing to work with us and really do studies to find something that would be more natural. So it's just it's interesting you don't realize you know how difficult it is to actually create natural safe clean products until you're trying to create them and understand why companies often add in these ingredients because it's easy and it's inexpensive to do that. So we have our face serum.
0: Especially, our especially nour- in the CBD, I will say just, I mean, CBD on top of it, I guess every, on top of everything else, do not ever buy it in the gas station. You basically know yes. where it's coming from, but the uh-huh. manufacturing of this is really complicated in addition. I mean, cause a lot of people are just white labeling. There are some formulas out there right. and they're putting, you know, they may be good. Some of them are good. Some of them aren't. And then they put their label on them because they're a brand. I could, right. I could do that, the Cannon Mom Show brand, right? And then they sell it. But these are quite original. These are quite unique. That's the, I mean, right. I think that's your niche. It's harder to yes. find, <laughs> but when you right. find it, you're um, rewarded, I suppose.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's, it's so easy. I think I remember before we were on lockdown, actually, I was at a hemp show in Las Vegas and you walked down the aisles and it was start year. CBD business in 10 minutes and everyone's like hey we have this great product catalog and I thought "Oh, this is interesting There I don't I mean you don't see that really in other industries everybody just wants to hop in and take advantage of the the money and the opportunity that exists that doesn't say there aren't good brands and there aren't good manufacturers that are putting out good products as I think there are but there's a lot of stuff that's not good out there also again
0: it's you have to be so careful I mean and this is you're putting it in your body you're putting it on your face right. you're you don't know where it's I don't know you kind of almost have to know who your grower is at this point but someday hopefully we'll have some standards and the labs will be better and (laughs) it'll be able to be shipped across the country and there are so many yeah and people be able to get bank accounts there's a lot that we're still working on with the cannabis industry but (laughs) don't worry we're still going to be here yeah Um, so before we take our break just tell me about the name tell me why it's called what it's called (laughs) yeah
1: element apothic so elements like the elements of the earth the elements that help people and then apothic is a kind of a throwback to apothecary and so we wanted something that felt modern um, but
0: memorable and so we came up with element apothic and it is it's just like a very classic looking bottle it looks beautiful it does look beautiful in my bathroom (laughs) and I can see you know it's not and I, I do talk to women in the industry. So often what we're I see women are trying to make the products more um, feminine, just to make them more accessible, especially with flower right. and tinctures yeah. and that world, but with cosmetics, kind of using the CBD for more of a unisex, not determining whether or not it's for men or women when right. it, this, this is a big, there's a place for everybody. So yeah, it's great. Um, all right. So before we finish this great conversation with our guest, Davina <laughs> <laughs> what is wrong with me? This is, I can't say last names. I'm so sorry. The element of Apothic. I want to take a minute to share a little bit about today's sponsor, because you know how I say that cannabis has everything in the real world, but a little upside down, which means if you're operating in this cannabis industry or want to enter the cannabis industry, you need to work with a cannabis specialist. And Cannabis Creative is just that. Cannabis Creative is a full-service digital marketing agency that provides cannabis and CBD companies a suite of marketing solutions ranging from branding and web design to social media and email promotion services, and the Cannabis Creative team has decades of experience in web design and development, SEO, SEM, branding, social media, marketing, and content strategy. Cannabis Creative has a Boston-based team, which is majority female, was co-founded by friend of the show, Josephine Nowitz, and is leading and representing women-founded and minority-owned cannabis and CBD businesses, including Blue Forest Farms, Pure Oasis, Sanctuary, Grow Generations, and more. And if that were not enough... Cannabis Creative won the Harmes Creative Gold Award for e-commerce web design, which highlights Cannabis Creative's extensive record in providing innovative digital marketing services to its clients, as well as agency's deep understanding of the specific marketing needs of the cannabis industry. So if you want to increase your dispensary traffic, dispensary foot traffic, boost your presence on the web, or elevate your online first impressions, the Cannabis Creative team wants to meet you. You can learn more about Cannabis Creative at their website, where you can find a full listing of their services, review their portfolio, and of course, read one of their many insightful cannabis business blogs. And when you are ready to work with their team of can- cannabis marketing experts, remember to use the code CANAMOM for a free marketing consultation. All right, we are back. Davina, let's see. We've talked about the products. How are you working with the medical community? I know, you know, your father was obviously part of this. You are a person who wants to give back. Your aunt was very involved, so I know we talk a lot about educating communities on this show. You know, what are you doing, and especially in your community or beyond?
1: Yeah, so we're do- we really take the approach that education is as important and as as our products, because there is just such a lack of information and misinformation that exists. So we're really focused on the content we create to try to really help bridge that gap. We've actually are looking to launch a a really cool education platform that goes way above just, you know, Instagram posts or things like that, that our customers and brand ambassadors and retailers and doctors that we work with can use to really understand it. We use the basis of what Dr. Swathi built for the pharmacy students to do it, so we're really excited. We'll be launching that shortly. But I think that helps not just us, it really helps the the, the whole industry and and other um, companies as we all partner together to educate customers and understanding what CBD is and how it can help them and why it's an important ingredient to have in body care and wellness products. So that's really important and and we're working with also a medical group as well a, a GPO group that is working together with doctors to do clinical observation studies and also to really make accessible brands that they vetted so that the doctors don't have to try to figure out what products should I recommend that are safe to our just so they're willing our they're willing
0: to hear about it you know where it's a yeah. it's a retraining of people who are used to being the experts so that there's groups of people willing to hear about this I find that really helpful yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, it's so exciting to see the shift and to have, you know, a doctor that would have normally just said, here's a medication, because this is what we've been told to give you to really start exploring things from an integrative approach and, and looking to plant based remedies and CBD and starting to really be interested in the research that's coming out about how it helps people We had a really great conversation with the company that's doing helping patients with osteoporosis yesterday, and how could CBD and what's the research around CBD and CBG. So there's just so much incredible stuff. So we're really looking to try to help bridge that gap a little bit with not just educating consumers, but also educating, you know, practitioners as well in terms of the value and being a product that they would feel trusting of giving their patients. So that's something that's really important to us is not just, you know, not just working on a retail perspective, but really, because that's going to be where the shift starts happening. If, If doctors start prescribing more or recommending more, and people are like, well, if they're doing it, it must feel safe. Right. You know, it must feel good and be willing to explore and try other things that can lead them to edibles and beverages. And who knows what, once they feel comfortable with that first initial, you know, tincture
0: maybe, or, or really. So, I, I mean, I do, I think that's, I mean, once the medical community, but also I even think religious communities, yeah. I mean, once, you know, I, again, I'm back clubhouse, <laughs> my favorite room is Christianity and Cannabis. And when those communities are talking about cannabis as a healing product and not as something that's going to lead to, I don't know, eternal damnation, that's a big shift too. So actually I had a question about labs. This is like, because you're in, uh, so you want to create a clean product. You're concerned about labs. There's a lot of lab work involved with cannabis. I don't really understand it. I know it's really confusing in California. So, uh, from, I mean you're involved with the medical community. So this has to be standardized and this has to be reliable just like pharmaceutical medications. So what do you see happening in California labs? Do you see it do you see people I've met women who are trying to get into this industry who are trying to bring their skill set from pharmaceuticals in and they're finding it really hard. So what are you finding in California and how hopeful are you? And
1: <laughs> hopeful in that there you know there are It's mixed, right? I think there's regulatory regulations that are going to be put in place. Hopefully, the right people are advocating for what needs to be put in those regulations and not the wrong people. So that that leaves a question of what that's going to be. But I think with some regulation, at least even if it's in terms of what testing requirements are and how you label your products, I mean, there's some rules that exist in the supplement space that I think could work well within within CBD and cannabis to really help people hold themselves accountable so that people at least know what they're getting. And there's a specific requirement of what's actually in your product. So I'm hopeful for that. It's crazy. It's mixed. I mean, we've had products tested at different labs because we wanted to make sure that the lab testing was consistent and the number, the ratio that they actually dialed down to can change across labs. And, and so somebody may be looking at a COA from one lab, and it seems to be good. But if they actually dive down deeper and and go to a a lower, you know, ratio, it's it there's stuff that shows up there. And so it's really, it's hard, but it's really on the companies to educate the consumer of this is what you need to look for. And and this is and having good traceability and transparency so that you're showing your consumer what that is. And this is how to read a COA. And this is what all of this means. um, Because the customers don't know at this point, And it's kind of on the brand's responsibility to educate people at this point. So that's what we're just trying to do is do our best to help explain that and educate people and try to be really transparent about our ingredients and the COA. So at least At least it's a step in the right direction and and also holding ourselves. We work with a regulatory compliance advisor so that we, you know, we're kind of anticipating what might be coming down the pipeline and trying to incorporate that now into all of the things that we do with GMP manufacturing and, you know, all of the things that you have to think about to to if you were a supplement company, for example. So it, yeah, it's, it's tricky a, though. And it's it's a label. Really I agree. I
0: mean, I'm an educated consumer for the most part. I do this show every week. So I think about cannabis all the time and there is too much information on, I'll just say like, okay. if, I get a, a, if I get an eighth of flour, I, I can't believe how many labels are on it. It's a little teeny amount. It's like insanity. And I don't even know exactly what I'm always looking for. I mean, people know how to look for your total cannabinoid, but what else are you looking for? I I don't know. It's just, it's very confusing and that's just flour and that doesn't even get to all the other products. Like what's in the salve that I'm putting on my hands. What is this 500 milligrams? The labeling is confusing. The regulations want you to know almost too much. I agree with what you're saying that I don't know who's whispering in the ears of these people making these regulations, but it doesn't always seem to be anybody who knows what cannabis is. So if you're a cannabis advocate out there, please go talk to you start doing this. Yes.
1: <laughs> you need to talk to your... We all have to really fight and, you know, look to industries that have had success. I mean, it, you know, whenever there's regulations, it's, it's going to be mixed in terms of what's the actual right path, but we need something more than what we have now. And we don't want to over-regulate it. Like you said, where it's, there's so many labels that it's so confusing. People have no idea whether they're actually even... We even want to, taking we, or what we, any of it means, yeah. We want
0: to standardize it. We could. We made alcohol, for the most part, pretty safe. It used to be illegal. Right. We make drugs all the time, everywhere across this country. We know how to do this. If our country put their mind down and said, this is what we're going to do, we're going to standardize this. I know there's a lot of different parts of this industry, but we're looking crazy. Like Mexico's going legal. Canada's going legal. America, every state is different. The idea that we can't ship some of these right. great <laughs> products from California to Massachusetts because it might have too much THC, it's ridiculous right so that's that's yeah. my little element that's my little my my little rant <laughs> for today all right so oh my we're actually up to on our time so 2021 what are your plans what are you doing where are you going what do you think is gonna happen
1: we're just continuing to grow and scale the business we're fundraising we're looking to retail partnerships and brand collaborations and, and continuing with really pushing education and just gaining brand awareness in this space it's so competitive there's you know, it's so easy for brands to launch. So really trying to figure out how we how we come across as a trustworthy brand and, and create a name for ourselves in the industry.
0: That's great. All right. So how do people find your stuff right now? If they're looking to find your serums or your any of the bath bombs, any of the products, how do they reach you? And how do they find you?
1: Yeah, so you can go on the website, elementapothic.com and see all of our products. You can read about us and really incredible blog content that's on there. Also, or our Instagram page you can shop from as well.
0: And it's the products are beautiful. They come in really nice little packaging and they come with a handwritten note, if you're lucky. So. <laughs> <laughs>
1: a lot of evenings writing those handwritten notes. (laughs) It's all about
0: business. It's all about, you know, you know how to build businesses and you're building relationships too. So you're coming, you you have the, you're the full package. You have great products and you know how to build a business. So
1: just important. It's important for, you know, the customer can't buy your product off the shelf. I mean, they can, but especially in COVID, it's like you want to create an experience for them. And so, I don't know, I love when I get handwritten notes, people don't write them enough. So it's something that I'm, that I just felt those little extra touches for me, I like. And so I think about everything in terms of what would I buy? What experience would I want? And really trying to recreate that for the customer. I
0: agree with you. I love handwritten notes. I'm old, but I do. I write handwritten. My kids had to write handwritten notes to their grandparents. So yeah, I'm, in, <laughs> I'm down. So thank you, Davina. Thank you for reaching out. Look out for Element Apothec. Notes are in the show notes. No, all the information's in the show notes, like always. And you'll love it if you try it. For my canna bro, david jazz you are so quiet today you didn't even have to add any information
2: uh, yeah i know just uh, <laughs> just being a fly on the wall sometimes that's fun too but i think i need more coffee
0: yeah just absorbing
2: maybe, absorbing maybe, and maybe a joint
0: oh he's coming to our side come on <laughs> up uh, you know the cannabis smoking session in the morning i don't know <laughs> maybe that we'll start doing that on the canna mom show i want, I, I want to thank our canna mom show team Catherine and hayden another great job this week josh Lampkin and bella jaffe for writing and performing the canna Moms theme music, and most importantly, I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to the Canna Mom Show, where we are talking about caring for and giving voice to women in the emerging cannabis industry, one canister at a time. Please follow the Cannamom Show on social media, subscribe anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast. I'm your host, Joyce Gerber. This is the Canna Mom Show, and we are a production of Pod 617, the Boston Podcast